As of this recording on April 21st, global cases of COVID-19 have exceeded 2.4 million, with nearly 800,000 cases in the U.S. alone. From healthcare to education, we've seen an acceleration of the digital transformation. With the disruption of business as usual and growing expenses, budgets set in 2019 are no longer viable. It begs the question, how are you handling the new normal and its financial impact on 2020 and beyond? I'm your host, Penny Conway, and on today's episode of Connections to Experience, I have special guests Cindy Blanchard and Kirk Snipes from Connection Financial Services. We're going to talk about how to develop a financial strategy for the new normal. Cindy and Kirk. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Why don't we take a moment to have both of you introduce yourselves better than just your names, what you do for Connection Financial Services, and what brings you to the podcast today? My name is Cindy Blanchard, and I'm with Connection Financial Services. I have been part of Connection Financial Services for the last eight years. I am the account manager managing all of Connection for their leasing and financing solutions and, and coming up with the monthly payment. And I've been around the block for, uh, like I said, eight years with Connection Financial Services, but part of the Connection world for Geez, the last 20 years. Wow. So, yes. Great relationships. I've seen Cindy's glowing face on our sales floor ever since my existence at Connection almost five years ago. So happy to have this time with you, Cindy. And Kirk, please introduce yourself. Thank you. Yeah. So Kirk Sipes. So I'm the Senior Vice President of Business Development, again, at VAR Technology Finance, that is a part of Connection Financial Services. So we have been a, a partner to Connection Financial Services and Connection overall for over 20 years now. So Cindy sits on site and I help manage overall the business operations and more of the back-end uh, solutions and internal sales teams that we have in Dallas that support Cindy and all of the Connection reps and all of the Connection customers. Excellent. We're so excited to have you both here and, you know, to kind of state the obvious, there clearly is a, a health crisis going on in the United States, but there's also sort of this looming economic impact that we are all starting to see the trickling effect of. And, you know, just from where you guys sit and having those financial conversations every day with customers, what are you seeing from customers that, you know, maybe had a solidified budget set in 2019 for this? This year 2020 and are now kind of in this situation where the outlook doesn't quite look the same as it did back when they were looking at those budgets. Are they retooling? Are they not? Do you think it's a mistake if they're not? What are kind of you seeing on your end from, you know, budget planning for the new year? Penny, that's a great question. You know, this is unprecedented times. As we all know, no one has ever seen this. No one has ever experienced this. I've been in the technology industry for over 30 years now, and obviously have never seen anything like this in any type of capacity. Even in 2008, in the financial crisis that we had, really is not the same as what we're experiencing today. So your question is very fair of has this changed budgets? You know, one thing that we always talk about is 
you know, the thing that we always have to look at is how does a company, how does a technology budget get allocated? And how do they take care of acquiring that technology? And many times, whether it be a public sector, a municipality, or a school, or a corporation, many times over, they have a certain mindset about how they acquire their technology and how they pay for that technology. And some of them are very cash-rich, typically, Mm -hmm. and have the budget. And because of their accounting methods and the way that they account for things, and whether it's be a more of a capex or an operating expenditure, you know, they tend to go a certain way or another, regardless right now of how someone's philosophy and how they take care of acquiring their technology does change over time. And right now is a change. Everyone is holding on to cash, no matter what their philosophy has been right now, everyone is holding on to cash because of the unknown. And you know, that's interesting that the way that you say that everyone's holding on to cash, but unlike the financial crisis in 2008, this crisis kind of put an immediate need for people to purchase goods. Everyone was running out. Laptops were flying off the shelves. Printers. We had a conversation a few weeks ago. Printers was a dying industry until four four weeks ago. And all of a sudden we realized how many people use printers. But technology and technological goods and being able to work remotely and learn remotely have been in high demand when normally in a, a financial crisis, people aren't buying. They may be conserving cash, but it means they're also not needing to purchase excess goods. So how are customers managing that? Let me hold on to all this cash. I've never held on to cash before. I've always bought my goods, but now I'm sort of need to navigate into this new way of financing. What's that conversation look like with a customer to sort of ease them into that new way while also giving them some security about, you know, you'll be able to pay for this, keep the cash in flux, you know, let's see how business goes. How are you navigating those conversations today? You know, having conversations with our customers and the account managers at Connection, it's a matter of talking about their cash flow and how using connection financial services can, you know, alleviate that it holds onto their cash so that when they're making that purchase, especially those non-essential companies that are, you know, now all at home and we see that basically, you know, leasing and financing allows them to keep the cash in the bank, right? It becomes then an operational monthly fixed payment, much easier. And the first payment is usually not, or it's not due until everything is ship complete. And again, instead of looking at the full total price tag of the solution that they've, you know, that they're purchasing, we're breaking it down into terms of what they wish. Our terms are generally one to five years, but we can break it down for them what makes the most sense. And we also offer deferred payments, which is another thing we've seen a, a high volume in deferred payments where customers, again, want to bring in the technology that they need, but they're not making payments till 90 days out. Again, holding on to their cash. And it just it's much easier on their piggy banks, if you will, looking at it monthly as almost like a utility bill. Penny, I just wanted to jump on that. Again, great answer, Cindy. Exactly correct. But Penny, it, you know, today is different, right? Because again, a lot of extra equipment is needing to get placed in homes and technology solution. However, 
people are looking forward to, okay, what happens in six months, right? Or even three months. And not only, okay, I've got to look at just 2020 now, but 20, how does it affect my budget for 2021, 22, 23 and beyond, right? And sometimes they do want to enter into a long-term financial solution, right? That we spread those payments over, as Cindy said, that one year to five years. However, also many times people are looking to say, hey, we need a bridge right now. We just need a bridge to go ahead and consume the technology now, acquire it now, and then we'll make payment in the fall of 2020, right? Maybe they don't want to even look at a a long-term commitment. We do have solutions like that as well. So not only deferred payments, as Cindy talks about, but sometimes it's even a a short-term solution that we can kind of come in. The point always is you've got to listen to customers, understand what their need is, what fits in their budget, and acquire, you know, and how they want to acquire everything, but still make it, you know, appetizing, if you will. Right. That's where we come in and, you know, obviously take care of the customer and make connection always uh, look good. The financial solution <laughs> side of the house, you know, helping the sales and equipment side take care of customers because that's it, bottom line. One thing that I've thought about through all of this is you have companies that have technology, obviously, within the four walls of their their offices. They've got phone equipment, they've got desktops, monitors. And it's not like everyone picked up all of that equipment and brought it home with them. New equipment was purchased, mobile phones have been purchased, software in order for them to collaborate with coworkers and, you know, partners have been, even customers have been purchased. So I always thought, you know, uh, when this all started to ramp up was, okay, everyone's going to buy all this equipment. They're going to use it at home for maybe you know, project six months or so. And then what? Now they've got double equipment out there and are paying for that double equipment. But you're kind of saying that, you know, we could build a short term solution for them, get what they need while they have it and then send it back and, you know, be able to not have all their money tied up in that large capital purchase of equipment that they'll now depreciate for the next six years. Precisely. That's exactly correct. We had mentioned, we've talked a little bit about the OPEX strategy, the CAPEX strategy, and how everyone maybe prior to this moment in time had a pretty clear idea on what their financial strategy was. And they've been rocking with it if they're cash you know, friendly or they're finance friendly. And now that you're seeing folks sort of make that switch in a pandemic moment, what do you see for the outlook? Do you see this maybe the turning point for companies and schools and municipalities start saying, you know what, maybe we need to focus more on a cash reserve and move to that more operating expense to match incoming revenues and things like that? Or do you see this sort of as a temporary band-aid and everyone will just go back to what they've been doing before? We've actually seen an uptick in schools state and local leasing and financing in our industry. And that's just been, again, over the last couple of years. So that's great. Again, this really fast forwards the need and the want, if you will, by looking at that monthly payment for, again, schools and businesses all around. So I do see, you know, once they start with Connection Financial Services, usually they'll continue on because it just makes sense for them. There's so many benefits behind it in regards to tax benefits, 
things like that. That's where we have their CPA get involved as well. But having that fixed monthly payment is so much easier for them, you know, looking at where they want to be. It's great too, because overall, you know, we can handle all of their total solutions. So you had already mentioned it, Penny, right? So it's not only the hardware, we can finance 100% of their software. A lot of times it makes sense when there's um, multi-year discounts for software that they are wanting yeah. to purchase where we can break it up for them. Again, just makes it much easier for them to look at and to take advantage of some of those discounts that the manufacturers themselves are offering. So again, total solutions financing. Also, we can help their monthly payment with their maintenance, even their freight, you know, help desk, things like that. So I do see... For anyone that hasn't done leasing and financing in the past, you know, I think we're, again, we're seeing a big uptick and I think this is going to be a, a great introduction for them to continue in on that path. You know, the total solution, I, I think is a good thing that we should maybe dive into a little bit because when you think of financing, you sometimes think of just, you know, tangible goods that have a, you know, a fixed value that you guys have assessed that value, you know, and then there's value in the hardware once that term is over. And thinking about schools specifically, how differently school looks today. I mean, everything looks different, but schools, it's pretty impeccable what our school districts have done across the country in terms of equipping students, setting up virtual programs. I mean, Google's been very, you know, prevalent in school systems and using, you know, software in order to deliver, but a virtual experience is very unique. And I'm thinking... With everything that's going on, obviously school budgets that are already very, very tight are going to get tighter um, mm -hmm. from a lack of tax revenue or whatever it might be. Or maybe some students will go the homeschool route and you won't have those kids in school anymore. Right. But looking at that total solution, it doesn't just include the hardware and software, but there's other things like services and training. I think of teachers that are going to need so much training the longer this goes on in order how to adapt. So is there anything that, let's ask a very silly question, but is there anything you can't finance <laughs> under sort of this total solution umbrella that we would want to point out? Right. No. Their taxes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's good, Cindy. That's, that's good. That's good. But actually, at times, we can finance some sales tax. Uh, so, no, Penny, great question. And uh, no. And here's what we're seeing right now is you go back and talk about what people are doing right now in comparison to the past. School districts that you talk about, we know that they're going to have to tap into some emergency funds. And I think that, again, to echo what Cindy said is, is that's going to change the mindset moving forward in the next few years and what they do and how they do things. But uh, yes, right now, you know, outside of new, you know, laptops or, or user devices, no matter what schools, anywhere in the public sector, commercial, the one thing that they are having to do right now is keep up their software licenses, right? right. And especially oh, things especially around like now. cyber, yeah. around cybersecurity and things like that. So they really do not have the opportunity to push that off, right? They can't kick the can down the right. road too far on those things. They have to consume those. Well, again, we do a lot of renewal licenses quite a bit. And what also ties in with those is training, right? Other services that, uh, again, that's where our flexibility comes into play is that really anything that connection sells, right? Services, training, 
you know, the, the software, obviously the hardware, anything that connection actually sells, connection financial services can finance. And as we always talk about, it's a payment solution. That's the big thing about us is it's not a finance. It's, it's not a lease. It's a payment solution because at the end of the day, what's what we're doing? We're coming in with the solution and fitting that payment into a budget. So hopefully that answers the question, Penny. No, absolutely. And you know what? I'm going to turn a direction real quick, but I think it's very important because I know there's a lot of customers that are going to be in schools and hospitals, you know, not just, we talk a lot about the corporate environment, but there's, you know, a lot of people that are going to be affected by uh, what's going on. And payments.com had done a survey of small and medium businesses. And I have family that have uh, small businesses. And so I, I see what they're going through right now. And it's estimated that 25% of these businesses won't see the other side of the economic impact or economic fallout of COVID-19. And, you know, from a, a perspective of a payment solution, and while it's there and you want people to take advantage of it, have you guys had to sort of evaluate financial situations a little bit differently in this, knowing mm -hmm. that you might have one out of every four companies not make it through and now have the burden of a lease with Connection Financial Services? How are you navigating that and making sure that, you know, what's good for the customer is also good for you, but we don't want to put anyone in a spot where, you know, six months from now you come knocking and they can't, no one can pay. Right. And it's, it's very, very good question, Penny. And we as a, a business, right, we all have to be smart at the end of the day. And yes, it is a scary situation for small business and even medium business. And what are things going to look like on the other side of this? Yes, our government's come in thankfully, and helped rescue some of these small businesses. Obviously, you know, the politicians are trying to figure out, hey, is there more money to help small business and, and all? And hopefully that, you know, the majority of them can find a way to survive. At the end of the day, however, you know, we, our company, and again, we're, we're part of a, a local large bank, a top 25 bank in the United States, that we have to look at things and be fiscally responsible as well in evaluating companies. And yes, there are certain industries and certain segments of the marketplace that have been hit by more by this and affected more than other ones. So, you know, with our evaluations, of companies and where they sit in the marketplace. That's always part of it. But we also look toward the future. So, you know, obviously going into that new, making sure that you're evaluating the financial situation, doing what's best for the customer and for you, it, it's, you know, we alluded to shorter payment cycles, you know, that six month short term. But is there also an option, you know, say we thought that this was going to go over for six months and now, you know, it looks like I'm going to have workers at home for another six months after that, or maybe indefinitely. What kind of flexibility is on that other end to make sure that they don't lose all their equipment that now they've just been working on over the last six months or so? Absolutely. So we have many uh, end of term options for our customers out there. At the end, say if they decided, you know, a six month term and they need to continue on, they could continue those payments as long as they need to. They can buy it outright at the fair market value, the product, if they so choose, if they want to end it that way, if they decide, you know what, we're going to keep this equipment that 
you know, we've purchased or that we've been financing. They can also just send it back and then call it a day as soon as it's done. So again, a saying I always love is, you know, out with the old and in with the new. That's another option, you know, refreshing, you know, really matching the life cycle of the product. But again, if, if customers are out there looking for sort of that shorter term, there are, there's many options for them to, you know, that we can help customize for them to meet their needs. But at no means, you know, if we're going to get on the phone with the customers to, to find out what best suits them so that we can help. I mean, we, we are here to help. We want to see every company succeed. And, and again, offering connection financial services to our customers is a great way to stay competitive, right? So that they're keeping their cash for other money generating, you know, purchases. So Right. And that, you know, sometimes it's very easy for us to look at the negative of a situation and what could happen. And I know that there's a lot of awareness out there for that. But we have seen some pretty phenomenal, you know, technology advances come from our most depressed periods of our economy. I, you know, looking back at, we mentioned the 2008 crisis earlier, companies like Instagram and Pinterest and Uber and Groupon, these major companies that now I don't remember a world with out them rose from a financial crisis. So in a way, you know, financing and having that cash flow to put into those more revenue generating activities, this could be a way that companies like that, that grow from this, that have new opportunities and new capabilities, they likely could see the benefits of using some sort of financial service to ride this period out to get to the other side, right? I completely agree with Penny. You know, hey, it's a tough time in our nation. I personally, I'm positive about things, right? That our nation is founded on imagination, you know, looking outside the box and figuring it out, right? Just figuring it out. And I've got a, a very optimistic feeling about our nation overall. And again, how we can help the Connection customers succeed, not only survive, but flourish, and exceed, you know, some of their prior expectations about growth, that they're going to find new opportunities, ways to expand. And again, that ties in with, again, the relationships that Connection has with a lot of their manufacturer partners, right? Well, we have a lot of those partnerships that together, you know, we all collectively really come together for a nice solution, a really nice fit for the customer. So again, all of us putting our minds together, being imaginative, this is a rough season. And that's what it is. It's a season right now. And, you know, that's part of what we do is we help companies get through a season, right? And does it change how that they view things moving forward? Most definitely. And together, we're very positive about how we can help everyone succeed together. Excellent. So I think that this is, you know, what it comes down to is there's an option for you. If you have an immediate need, you want to have some cash reserves and you need to get equipment and total solutions in place. Let's go ahead and get you set up. But then that longer, broader picture of how are you looking at your capital expenses? How are you managing operating expenses? And how can we build out a structure to get you to that growth phase? Let's get you through this sort of, you know, let's be resilient and let's bring you to a place of growth. And I think that there's a, a 
huge opportunity for customers that when they're evaluating these purchases today, as you work with your account managers, know in the back of your mind that there are options here. It's not just, you know, let me try to remove this even though I really need it because I don't have the cash in the bank. Please work with, you know, we've got a great team here and Cindy and Kirk with the partnership between VAR and Connection Financial Services. And let's reach out. Let's help you come up with a solution to get you to ride this wave out and not be one of those statistics of, you know, 25%, one in every four small businesses will close. Kirk and Cindy, thank you so much for joining us today. Excellent conversation. I'd love to have you back over maybe in a couple of months or so just to see, you know, what you saw through this and what the trends are across all of our different segments. It'd be super interesting. We would look forward to that. Awesome. Absolutely. Thank you. And on whatever platform you are listening to us on today, please make sure to like, share. It helps you get the latest episodes downloaded to your device when they are available. And you can share all of this awesome information with your network as well. Please visit us at www.connection.com or call your account manager if you're interested in Connection Financial Services. Or if you have a question or a follow-up or a story of your own that you'd like to share on the podcast, please email us at podcast at connection.com. Thanks guys for joining. Looking forward to having you back. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye.